This is the TC3 Podcast. This is Aaron and Tony here. Uh, we decided to drop a quick little podcast after work. It's like uh, 2 o'clock in the morning right now, so uh, Darius not with us. But I believe that he's going to be debuting his Chill Takes podcast either sometime this week. It's supposed to be a lot of good stuff there. I mean, more of like a uh, all-around podcast. I guess he's supposed to be talking about basketball, football, and like life topics. So definitely going to be some interesting stuff on there. So y'all go check that out. Uh, but let's get right into it. Uh, there's no news for college football like with the quarantine and the coronavirus going on, so we don't have really much to talk about. We're supposed to talk about spring football, but as y'all all know, that has been canceled. So we'll just jump right into it with the Jags free agency. Uh, Tony, what are your thoughts about the Jaguars free agency? Um, it was a pretty successful free agency, I think. Um, you got your middle linebacker, you signed Joe Sherbert. He was a former Pro Bowl guy, so that was a big-time pickup, obviously. Um, not only you get a quality starting middle linebacker, but that allows you to move Miles Jack to the outside, well, weak side. He never played weak side before, but everyone always said that it's probably his best position or he's best suited at where he could just read and react and, you know, don't have to think as much. So it, it helps the defense out and the team in general, like, all around. So that's a big-time pickup for us. Um, uh, the other guys, Tyler Eifert, if he could stay healthy, um, I think he could be a, something that we haven't had in a while, um, pass catching tight end, but I mean, that's a big if he hasn't really been staying healthy throughout his career. He had a, that one Pro Bowl year, we had 13 touchdowns, and I think last season he played all 16 games, but he didn't start, you know, really like limited snaps. Um, so that's a big pickup as well, I mean, it gives us something we haven't had in a while so or ever really so we'll see how that goes um as far as the other guys i mean al woods uh seahawks fans said he played really well last year i mean he's a veteran guy he's a pretty much like a nose tackle like a run stopper which we need if, you, if any jacks fan could tell you on defense i mean there was a stretch where we gave up all kind of like games like teams ran right all over us i mean carolina Indianapolis, um, Tennessee, that's just off the top of my head, but yeah, you, you get the point. Um, uh, who else? Rashawn Melvin, um, he, he's, he's bounced around, he's a veteran guy, I mean, he's like typical cornerback, that's Todd Wash, and those, you know, Gus Bradley, those type, those, those type of, uh, corners that they like in the Seahawks scheme, you know, like the long corners, I mean, he played well. A couple years ago for the Colts, I don't think he played too well in Oakland or whatever, but, I mean, he's a guy that's going to compete for a job, so it's not like we're invested too much in him. Um, other guys are pretty much like role players. I mean, Cassius Marsh, I mean, he'll be special teams and occasionally get in. Um, I'm disappointed that we didn't really get to agree to the terms with Darquez Denard because that was, a, besides Schobert, that was the signing I was excited about the most. Because I feel like he has potential. He's a former first round pick. Um, he get a, he got has a chance to compete outside after playing nickel pretty much his whole career. So I mean I don't know what went wrong there, but I mean it just didn't work out, I guess. But I mean, is it, has there been any other signings I'm missing? Uh, I think you covered all of them. Yeah. What What are your thoughts on it? You know, like you said, uh, Sherbert, I'm really happy with because I feel like. I mean, we already know this at least. We're a mic, so we can move Marjack back to outside. 
where he's probably better at. I know he's never played weak side linebacker, but we know he's not a very good middle linebacker, and Sherbert is, or Sherbert, Schobert is. So I'm really excited about that signing. He's like a, um, he's a Pro Bowl guy, and I mean, just watching him for Cleveland these last couple of years, man, he, he averages like 117 tackles a year for like the last three years. So, I mean, he's, he's a beast. Glad to have him in Jacksonville. Like uh, you said, I was kind of disappointed in the Dark West Denard signing just because he's interesting, you know. He's a former first-round pick. He was really good at uh, Michigan State. So, like, I was interested to see and uh, see what he could do for us. I mean, opposite of Trey Herndon or maybe just like in a nickel package substituting in. But it's disappointing. Uh, the other signings, like Al Woods, I mean, I'm happy with just the, the way people are talking. It looks like we might move to like a hybrid 3-4, so we kind of need that big guy in the middle, you know. The, uh, from what Pete Prisco said on the radio not too long ago, he said that he thinks it would be more like the Patriots. And if you think of like a Patriots hybrid defensive scheme, you think of like Vince Wilfork and those guys. So, like, I know it's been a while since he played, but, I mean, you think of like that big run stopper in the middle. So, I mean, I was could be that. Obviously, not to the same extent. He's older, but kind of we need that type of player. And the Robert Gunter, that's the name, right? Yeah, Rodney Gunter. Rodney Gunter. He uh, he was pretty solid at um, yeah, for the Cardinals. He uh, had what like three sacks last year. Strong side in. I mean, uh, it looks like we're gonna get him to play like the Clay's role a little bit. So yeah, Cardinals fans love him too, so that's good. Yeah, and he's he's relatively young, right? Um, twenty six. I mean, he's towards like the end of his career. I think twenty eight, twenty nine, something like that. So those guys aren't really like move the needle signings, but they definitely help us out where we've been or where we from where we were before we signed him. You know. Yeah, the Rashard Melvin signing don't really do anything for me. I mean, he's, he's going to, like, just be, like, a substitutional guy, in my opinion, special teams guy. Uh, well, with our cornerback debt right now, you don't know. He might be able to start, but I figure we'll draft two corners, and then they'll probably move above him on the depth chart. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, he had a rough year last year, I think, and then um, – I mean, his best year a couple years ago, 2017, when he played for the Colts, he had quite a few picks, and was the PFF had him as one of the top corners. But, you, I mean, it is PFF, so you never know. But, um, but yeah, um, Thomas played the Jags. He looked solid. So, I mean, we need all the help we can get at that spot. I mean, we lost Boye. I mean, we lost Ramsey, too. So, I mean, we went from one of the top corner tandems in the league to one of the worst. So, we'll see how it goes. I mean, we still got the draft, a lot of traffic, so. Um, okay, so like the next topic we kind of discussed on Twitter um, about Jags, whether or not they should sign Jameis Winston, or, or if they did, we wouldn't be mad or anything. Like, I mean, I have a lot of thoughts about that. I mean, I, I mentioned it a little bit on Twitter. I, the reason what started this conversation was because for some reason uh, Vegas has uh, listed us as the top team to sign Jameis, which is kind of surprising because all the Jags fans pretty much thought I mean, think still that um, this is Gardner Minshew's team and uh, nothing's going to change that. But, I mean, it's just interesting. And we're talking about with Vegas bringing that up. I mean, who knows where they're getting that from, but we'll see. But, I mean, my uh, 
viewpoint on it is that, I mean, Jameis, he did throw 30 picks, I know, but he also threw for 5,000 yards, 30 touchdowns. Um, I mean, his former number one overall pick, I mean, I wouldn't consider him a bust. I mean, maybe for the number one overall pick, but, like, he's still a quality quarterback. I mean, he just made a lot of mistakes, which could be fixable. Even though we said that about Blake, I mean, you never, I mean, players change, you know, maybe a change of scenery is good for him. But I, mean, I watched him enough at FSU to see that he's a, he can make all the throws. I mean, he's a talented guy, great leader. And the, my, the way I think about it is, like, that he's, you're not as committed to him as the Bucks were. You didn't, you didn't draft him number one overall. So you could sign him to, like, a cheaper deal. Um, and let him compete with Gardner Minshew, let the best man win. I mean, it's like a low-risk, high-reward situation. I mean, he could turn it around and be what he was supposed to be coming out of uh, college. Um, former Heisman guy, won a national championship. Um, I know a lot of Jags fans are saying Cam Newton, but if you sign Cam, I mean, that's a former league MVP. I mean, the Jags love Minshew. He, Cam comes here, you know Minshew's not going to get a chance, and the Jags love him. So, I mean, honestly, that's just a unrealistic possibility you know so I mean I think Jameis makes more sense from the standpoint that they could compete you know Cam Newton won the MVP in the league and went to, took a team to the Super Bowl he's not gonna look at Gardner Minshew like okay I would be a backup for Gardner Minshew you know he's gonna want somewhere to start I mean that's just I mean and rightfully so I mean proved a lot he has a lot on his um resume so but from like as far as like realistic possibilities Jameis makes way more sense and um I still feel like he could be a franchise guy. You know, I st I'm still high on Jameis. And I feel like he could turn it around and um, be a capable quarterback, franchise quarterback in the league. I mean, what do you think about it? Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm pretty much in agreement with you. I think uh, Jameis would be a good signing. Uh, you, like you said, you don't really have to pay a lot for him. You can get him kind of cheap when you're kind of prove a deal. And if it works out, you could have a franchise quarterback. But on the other side, man, I understand both. I mean, like, I kind of want to see what we have with Gardner. Uh, you know, if any other quarterback, I don't get like the like the Peter King article saying like how silly it is the Jaguars are going to keep Minshew or roll with him. But if any other quarterback, if Daniel Jones had 21 touchdowns last year and six picks or whatever, 300 rushing yards, everybody would be talking about how he's a savior. Yeah, how he's going to turn New York around or Kyler Murray, who had a good year last year. But I mean, any quarterback, Haskins, if anybody had that. So, I mean, I don't understand, like, uh, the hate, or not the hate, but how people could think it's silly that a guy like that could be yeah. a franchise guy. I mean, he could be. You know, 21 touchdowns and six picks, your rookie season getting thrown into the fire when people didn't even expect you to play at all that season. It's pretty good, you know. He didn't prepare like them other guys. He didn't prepare like Daniel Jones. Well, Daniel Jones had Eli Manning, but he didn't prepare like Kyler Murray, the whole training camp to be the starter, you know. I mean, them guys already knew they are going to go in and start you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, uh, I, I agree. I mean, I don't think the Jags will sign Winston or Cam or anybody like or make any type of move like that because I think they are high on Minshew and all in on them. But I mean, as far as like if it was me, I would sign Jameis. I mean, I I'd be happy with it if they did. But like, do I expect them uh, expect them to sign any of those quarterbacks? No, because I mean, it seems like they're all in on Minshew. So and rightfully so. I mean, like he proved. He could be a capable quarterback in this league throughout his rookie year. I mean, he deserves to get a starting spot. I mean, to be the starting quarterback. So, I mean, 
let's just see what he has. And if you don't work out, then you got two first round picks next year and do what you got to do to get Lawrence or Justin Fields. Yeah, I agree. They, uh, I mean, if we would have signed Jameis or if we do sign Jameis, I'd be ecstatic. You know, I'm a big FSU fan, so I'm a big Jameis Winston guy. So, I mean, I'd be really happy. Even if we signed Cam, I wouldn't be too mad about it. You know, I'd be I'd be accepting of it. Cam's a former MVP. He brings some different stuff to the table. He's another pretty good leader, you know. Yeah. All three of them guys, they, they all have the same quality, the leadership qualities. They lead in a different way, but all three of those guys, Winston, Newton, and Minshew, they all can get their locker room to rally behind them. Yeah. So, we'll see. I mean, I'm fine with any one of those three. I mean, it's a, well, any one of those three is a lot better quarterback situation than we were in last year. Right this time. Oh, yeah, definitely. Even though we thought Foles was good. We taught ourselves in the Foles, but we don't have that problem no more, so it's all good. So, I mean, despite all this coronavirus and quarantine and everything going on, the draft will remain the same, thankfully. I mean, that's the only thing we have right now. I'm looking forward to, and that happens to be our favorite event of the year. So, with it coming up, with what less than a month, a couple, like three weeks, three four weeks left, um, we're getting closer. So, I, we've been think. I mean, I've been thinking about it, like as far as the Jags go. Um, at the ninth pick, man, I just can't see them going anywhere else besides the defensive tackle. Um, there's, of course, there's Derek Brown. And Javon Kinlaw, but after that, there's like, it's a big drop off. Like, talking about guys like Neville Gilmore, or I think that's his name, Neville Gilmore from Oklahoma, uh, Ross Blaylock from TCU. Um, I mean, those guys are like second, third round guys, maybe late first because of the, how weak of a defensive tackle class it is. But I mean, that's what just makes me feel like the Jags should go num- at number nine. I mean, there's no other way they're gonna go like anywhere else unless Akuda falls, but I don't see that happening. So I definitely think it's Derek Brown or Javon Kinlaw. Um what do you what do you think? Yeah, I'm in agreement too because I just simply don't think Akuda would be there, you know? Yeah. And then if you look at it, I mean you there's other guys that you could possibly take. I mean if you really want to shirt up the offensive line and take a guy like Tristan Wirfs or Andrew Thomas or one of them guys, then I can see that happening. But we really do need a lot of help on the defensive line. So, I do think uh, one of those guys will be there, whether it's Kinlaw or Derek Brown. But I, I could just trying to figure out where else we could go at that position. Hakuda will not be there. I already came to like realization that he will not fall to nine. So there's no other cornerback worth taking at top ten. I know people say the clock starts for CJ at nine, but I mean I wouldn't take him in top ten. Yeah, that's just me. I mean he's a hell of a player, but. I mean, you got to be a different type of corner to be in the top ten. You got to be able to do everything, you know. And then there's some stuff that CJ just don't do. But uh, so it's either defensive tackle for me, like Ken Law, uh, Brown, or it's offensive tackle for me. Whether it's Justin Worth, Andrew Thomas, uh, the other one I forgot. Uh, Beckton, that's my favorite. Oh yeah, Makai Beckton or uh, there's four right. Uh, Jedrick Willis. Jedrick Willis. I mean, you really can't go wrong with either. Other than guys, if you want, like, a, a Beckman is probably, like, the most ready now. And then after that, I'll say Worth is, like, the most athletic potential to be, like, an all-pro, you know? Yeah. He's he just, like, he tested crazy at the combine. Okay. So, so, either one of them guys I'll be happy with. But I think you got to address the trenches somehow at nine, either first or either offensive line or defensive line. Yeah, I mean, I didn't want to go offensive tackle. Like, just, you know, that's a boring pick. But, I mean, 
that's something we might need and and uh, that was just it was just a selfish reason but uh i thought i um, watched becky beckton's uh film not his highlight tape his film and he's very impressive i mean he just bullies guys um knocks them around i mean if uh, if you haven't watched this film watch this film and you'll definitely be more than happy to t uh, select Melky Beckton at nine if he's there, or if uh, Derek Brown, or, and you're not that high on Ken Law, or don't feel like he's worth the ninth pick, and then Beckton should be like a, definitely a option at that point. But um, could I see a possibility where, say we do go off the tackle and draft uh, Beckton, and then we have enough trade assets to trade up from 20 to 14, 15, whatever in that range, jump like five spots and draft Kinlaw, if because uh, that should be his range. His range is probably from nine to nine to seventeen or eighteen, something like that. So, if you could, I could see a situation where that ha where that is happening. Now, if we do go Derrick Brown at nine, that twenty spot. I mean, I just think we should trade out of that twenty spot, whether it's up or down. Period, because. I mean, I, I did like a lot of like a couple of simulations like through like mock drafts through the NFL Draft Network, and man, like when you see the options available, like it's just I mean I'm sure someone will fall and might not be having this conversation, but like it's just a, a weird pick. Like there's not that many. I mean, there's great players out there, but like I mean that's usually the range where Patrick or uh, Patrick Queen and Kenneth Murray would be. But you already feel that position. You're not going to waste a first-round pick on another linebacker. When you drafted a third-round linebacker last year, Quincy Williams. Yeah, you paid, what, top linebacker money for Joe Shorbert and Miles Jack. So I just can't see them going uh, linebacker in the first round. So you either trade down or trade up. Maybe get a Henry Ruggs or Jerry Judy, C.D. Lamb. Because that would be the range they go in. Or if that's if you go Derrick Brown at ninth pick. But if you go, say, Mekki Beckton or... Maybe a receiver and surprise everybody, and then you trade up for Kinlaw. Either way, trade up or trade down. <laughs> That's what I feel like. Yeah, like, uh, yeah, real quick back at nine, I forgot about Judy until Tony said something about him. But if he's there at nine, I'd definitely consider taking it because I think the drop off between him and every single other receiver in the draft is big. You know, I'm, I see people ranking uh, other guys ahead of him, like uh, CD Lamb. But I'm telling you that uh, Judy's way better, man. Or just way more ready right now. Yeah. Lamb's still kind of wrong, but... Uh, I've actually seen a lot of buzz for Henry Rugg lately. Saying he, uh, I've seen Daniel, uh, Jeremiah mention that he might be the first receiver off the board, which would be kind of surprising. But, I mean, we all feel like he's a great player. So, I mean, I feel like with any of those three, you can't go wrong. But I do feel like I agree with Aaron that Judy's the best uh, wide receiver. I mean... We watched the watched him dominate since high school. Like just a a great route runner. I mean, makes it look effortless. Um, so I mean, I'd be fine with Judy. I mean, especially like give Minshew another target or whoever quarterback is, give them another target. And um, I mean, you got DJ Chark, who proved he could be a, a Pro Bowl player. But I mean, the other guys are unproven. DD Westbrook's not consistent enough. He's probably better suited in the slot. Chris Conley is a good rotational receiver. But like I mean, you just need that other, the other threat at receiver that you could depend on, like Shark. Yeah, and uh, I love Henry Ruggs. I've been a fan of Henry Ruggs for a very long time. But if somebody takes Henry Ruggs over Jerry Judy, then that GM should be fired. <laughs> but 
Uh, but going to 20, I mean, if we do take, uh, just say we take Derrick Brown because I think that's the most realistic pick right now if he's there. Or if he's not there, I think we take Kenlaw. So those two being the two most realistic picks at 20, uh, I think you realistically got to look at a guy like Denzel Mims, a receiver, who's getting like late first round hype. I mean, his film is crazy too. I mean, he tested crazy. His film is crazy. He's just he's just a heck of a football player. So I wouldn't mind going that route. Kind of gives Mitchell a bigger target, a big physical target. Conley and Chark are both big, but Chark, yeah, Chark is a little like slender or not slender, but he, he's I don't know. He's like he's listed like he weighs a lot, but he don't play like it. You know, he don't body people and Denzel Mims definitely bodies people he's just a guy that I feel like fits Minshew's play style really well you know Minshew just not throws it up but he, he he throws a lot of jump balls you know so I think that will benefit him a little bit and then I think you look at a guy like Christian Fulton the LSU corner who to me he's the cornerback two of this draft I mean Akuda's a clear cut number one but I think uh I think if Okuda wasn't in this draft, it would be Christian Fulton as CBA and then CJ Henry or CJ Henderson as uh, CB2. They're both really close. They're both, uh, it just depends what you like, I guess. And Fulton's the guy that shut Henry Ruggs down when they play in Alabama. So he's definitely a quality player. Yeah, and, and I also think CJ won't be there too. I think one of the teams around like the 12 to 15 range will take him, which. We'll leave Fulton kind of in our grasp. I think if he's there, we should definitely give it a look because he's a lot similar to Boye to me. Yeah. So, I mean, replace Boye with another Boye and you're in good shape. Yep. And as far as the second round pick, um, say you do go Derrick Brown or whatever order, um, go Derrick Brown and receiver with the first and or with the ninth and the 20th pick. At the 42 pick, I'd be, I mean, it depends on who's there. If Jonathan Taylor's there at 42, I feel like you got to take him. I mean, that's a home run hitter. He'll be uh, one of the top backs in the NFL, in my opinion. I mean, watched him enough. He tested well. He's just great all-around athlete, great character guy. It seems like that's what they're targeting more after going through that Jalen Ramsey saga and going through some the Nagakwe situation now. Um I'd definitely target Jonathan Taylor, but then again, we got to just cornerback if we haven't already. So at that 42 pick, I mean, I know it may shock people, but it's not a shock to us. I'd take Bryce Hall at that spot if we had to. That's my, um, besides Akuda, uh, between him and CJ Henderson, that's my, uh, it's, I, I feel like you can't go wrong with both of them as uh, CB2. So, I mean, he got hurt, but we watched him enough in the ACC. Like, I watched him a lot of Bryce Hall. I mean, I remember the junior our sophomore junior year watching him against Miami, and I was very impressed with him. That was when they had him and uh, Juan Thornhill back there. So they had a pretty good secondary. But Bryce Hall, that's definitely a guy I keep an eye on. Um, he got injured, or else he'll be probably considered a first-round pick. He actually injured against Miami. So that's definitely a guy I'd target at the 42 pick if you haven't addressed the cornerback position yet. Yeah. And just going with my mock drive or my click, what we would address, say we take Ken Law first, or Ken Law, Derek Brown first, obviously DT is what we're heading for in this situation. And then we take Christian Fulton second. And then I look at a guy like Antoine Winfield, the cornerback at Minnesota, who, I mean, he struggles with staying healthy, but 
if he if he was healthy this whole year or his whole career throughout his whole career, he'd be the best safety in the draft. I mean, talent wise and just production wise, he is the best safety in the draft to me. I think he's better than Grant Delpit. I think he's better than uh, Xavier McKinney. Just watching all of them play, he's just a little undersized. He's like what like five ten, five eleven, like one eighty, one ninety. So he's really small, but I mean, he reminds me of Earl Thomas when I watch him play. He just he'll hit you. He can line up in the nickel. He can line up outside. He can line, but safety is his main position. And if you have any doubts about him, oh, he played for Minnesota. Blah blah blah. Go watch the Penn State game where he had three interceptions. You know, he just he's a ball player. And when's the last time Jacksonville had a legit playmaker at safety? I mean, I can't remember Donovan Darius and Deion Grant. Yeah. So. And, and if you uh, do go the safety route, another guy to keep an eye on is guy I told Aaron about. Or I talked to Aaron about the other day, uh, Jeremy Chin from Southern Illinois. He's a, he's from a, a very small college, but I mean, if you look at his film, he's a ball hawk. He had like four interceptions last year. Um, he ran a four four five at six two two twenty one, um, and had just had crazy all around numbers. I think he'll be like a late first in this uh, early second, mid second, first round, or second uh, draft pick, my bad. Um, but he's definitely another guy to keep an eye on. I mean, I feel like I feel like safeties probably be going around that that range anyways, like that Delpit or Delpit, um, Winfield and Chin probably be going around that second round pick range anyway. So, and let's, let's say we do, uh, we'll just do like the first three rounds. Projecting like where we would go, and like for that third round pick, say we went. I mean, like I said, Derrick Brown and Mims or whatever with the twentieth pick, or maybe Andrew Thomas, somebody like that. Phil, and then you went Bryce Hall, the second round. That third round pick, I feel like we should target Cam Akers. Um, I feel like that'd be his range, like mid second, early third round. And it seems like a guy we're interested in. I mean, we watched him enough at FSU. He's a great player. He's a baller. So, I mean, like, I definitely target him. I feel like his best year is ahead of him. And we do need a running back because Fournette probably won't be here too much longer. Yeah, so I agree. I think uh, a guy like Akers could fall. Or then if he if he's not there or you want to take a different route at running back, you could look at J.K. Dobbins, Ohio State running back. Uh, both of them You're are be gone by the Both of them are uh, really talented, so I don't think you go either wrong wrong with either one of them. And also with my picks, we didn't go receiver yet, so we could take a guy like Brian Edwards for South Carolina. Who's I don't know why he's not getting more hype. He was one of the better receivers in the league or in the country last year. Yeah. But you got like him, and then I do think the tight end from. Missouri will get picked around that range. I mean, he had a heck of a combine. Ran like a, what, four, almost a 4-4, four, four, I think a 4-5-1 or something. Yeah. And he's been productive for like the little – I mean, he's been solid, you know. But tight ends in college, they're never really overly productive. But he's a guy that I feel like could flourish in the league and not afraid to block. He's really athletic and just give us another target. Well, damn, I forgot about oh, – Eifert, maybe not tight end at third, but yeah, that'd be a little bit too early, probably. But yeah, I'm. A, I'd be definitely love the Brian Edwards pick. I've been high on him for a while. Uh, most underrated receiver in the draft, and me. I mean, he. Got, I think he got hurt. That's probably why they're not being talked about a lot. He wasn't able to participate at the combine. So, 
Like, so I mean, the ideal situation for me, we'll probably do rounds four through seven, like next podcast. But for rounds one, one to three for me would be Derek Brown at nine, um, at twenty. Let's say, uh, let's say a guy like Andrew Thomas fell. I mean, that's wishful thinking, but I mean, it's you never know. The draft is weird. So let's say Derek Brown, Andrew Thomas, um. Bryce Hall at in the second round, and then Cam Akers in the third. That'd be my ideal draft for the first two days, I'd say. Yeah, that sounds good. I think for mine it was at nine. I think it was Derek Brown or Kinlaw, one of them guys, definitely DT. At 20, I went with Christian Fulton. I think that's what we need to address at that position, and then you can't really go wrong with a guy like Fulton, who, like I said, reminds me a lot of A.J. Boye. But more of the 2017 A.J. Boye than the last couple of A.J. Boye <laughs> years. But, and then in the third, like uh, Tony said, Akers would be a good pick. Brian Edwards would be a good pick. Uh, Cam Dantzler, if you want to go back, or if you want to take another corner due to our depth, I wouldn't mind Dantzler. I don't, probably will fall a little later than that now that he ran a 4-6. But, I mean, sometimes the combine lies and tape doesn't. Go put on Cam Dancer's tape. He's one of the best best corners in the SEC. Uh, one of the most productive corners in the SEC for sure. And then, yeah, I guess I'll get my other ones ready for the next podcast. Yeah, yeah, that's just like our ideal draft scenarios. I mean, it really depends on what position you go. We'll just throw out different scenarios for like the next podcast, like we did today. Like, say we go. Defensive tackle first round, say we go cornerback first or first round, like with the ninth pick, then everything changes, you know. So, I mean, it's just hard to tell, you know, the draft is weird like that. Um, but who knows how it's going to go? I mean, we definitely need to address corner and defensive tackle. I feel like those are two huge needs. I feel like we do need a tackle, but not as bad. I mean, I feel like, I mean, I know Cam played really bad last year, but. I mean, he was a year removed from his um, ACL entry. So maybe there's some hope there. But, I mean, I wouldn't count on it. But, yeah, so, I mean, at least tackle or guard, you got to adjust that somewhere in the draft. Yeah. Yeah, I'm indifferent. I don't think there's really hope for Cam at tackle. He, uh he just seems to move so slow. I know he's a year removed from his ACL injury, but some people don't recover all the way from that. And just looking at last year, it just seems like he gets beat around the edge so much. I think he'd be better suited at guard. And then maybe we could do something with Can or Norwell. I guess the all of Will Richardson hype is done again. You know, I was hoping that he would develop into a solid player, but probably good backup at least. Yeah. So I definitely would take a Tristan Worth or a Beckton or. Andrew Thomas, I would definitely take one of them guys if uh, we don't address DT at nine. Yeah. But it'll be easier to um, come up with more scenarios as the draft rolls around closer. Smoke starts, you know, getting dished out a little bit. Yeah. It's a little bit harder this year with, like, out the visits. You usually get a good idea who, like, they're interested in because they have the visits, like the 30-player, 30 30-prospect 30 visit. Um, but we won't be able to do that this year with uh, the coronavirus going around. But yeah, so, I mean, you got anything else? Uh, everybody stay safe. I mean, 
check out all of our podcasts. Check out Darian's podcast, I guess, later on this week. I'm not sure the exact timetable, but y'all go listen to that. I mean, we're all not doing anything anyway. Take a break from Netflix and just start listening. And trade on. Yeah, and hopefully by next podcast, we said this last podcast, but hopefully by next podcast, we'll open up with Ngakwe's and Eagle. Or something. Or I something. mean, we're just tired of his little antics, but we'll get into more of that in the next podcast. He's a Tumblr, he's a walking Tumblr account now. <laughs> but uh, thank you for tuning in. We got, I have some articles on the way. I know I say that all the time, but I really do. Just now I have a little more time to post them. All right. Thank you for listening. Um, check out Chill Takes Podcast by Darian. And appreciate it.